Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. I begin in the name of the Almighty God, the compassionate, the merciful, the one who has created everything in utmost perfection. And may the peace and blessings of the Almighty God be upon His pure and beloved messenger. The peak of His creation, the symbol of humanity, the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. And his immaculate progeny of the Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them, especially the leader of our time, the awaited Savior, Al-Imam Al-Mahdi, ajjalallahu ta'ala farajah. May Allah hasten his reappearance and make us all amongst his sincere and dedicated servants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Al-Mulk, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا. Allah subhanahu wa taala is the one who has created death and life in order to try you to see who comes forward with the best of deeds. This beautiful verse sums up the philosophy behind our creation. Why Allah subhanahu wa taala created us? He created us to try us. Because through these trials, we become stronger. It's an opportunity for us to get elevated. Just like some people, have you seen them when they seek a new job position? They have to be trained. Especially if that job is very important. It's very sensitive. You have to be trained for it. Now the training is difficult. It's not easy. But it makes you fit. The trials of dunya make us fit spiritually mentally, psychologically, and even physically. If we abide by the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will be fit in every aspect of our lives. Now one of the challenges that many people have in this world is struggling with a disability. Two nights ago we spoke about diabetes. In our discussion tonight, we will examine disabilities from the Islamic perspective. Today, my dear brothers and sisters, more than a billion people, a billion with a B, more than a billion people, they suffer from some sort of disability. So many people are struggling with various types of disabilities. And more than a third of these disabled people, they don't have prof proper access to services. Many of them truly struggle. Physically they struggle. Mentally and psychologically it's a challenge for them. So what is the Islamic perspective on disabilities? There are many misconceptions out there in our communities. I hear them many times. Sometimes I hear some people, Muslims, they think that a disability means you're being punished by God. It's a punishment from Allah. I hear them saying it. It's a punishment from God. Allah hates you or He's punishing you and that's why you have a disability. Or some of them state, I cannot accept how my Lord can be merciful and He would create people with disabilities. There are babies born with defects, deformities, lifelong disabilities. How would a merciful Lord do that? You as a merciful father, as a merciful mother, would you allow that for your child? If you had the power to cure your, your child, wouldn't you cure them? That's what they say, right? 
I know people who stopped believing in God because of this doubt, because of this misconception. How can you have a merciful Lord when He allows for disabilities and He doesn't cure them? So let's examine the Islamic perspective and we begin by examining how Islam gave importance to disabled people. One of the beautiful legacies of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad is that he gave a lot of importance to people with disabilities and he actually gave them a social position that was very important. For instance, historians tell us that before the Prophet ﷺ left to, to Hudaybiyah, he would normally appoint someone in Medina to represent him. This time the Prophet appointed a man by the name of, by the name of Ibn Um Abi Maktoum. This man was appointed to lead in Medina to act as the representative of the Prophet Now this man had a disability. This man was blind. In 7th century Arabia and around the world, people who had disabilities had no respect. They had no social position. People would not even see them as complete human beings. This was shocking. Ya Rasulullah, you're appointing a blind man to represent you and lead jama'ah in your masjid? Yes. This blind man, he would actually lead the jama'ah. Look at the importance the Prophet gave him. The Prophet was demonstrating to his society, look at his intellectual abilities. So what if he's blind? So what if he has a disability? As long as he's qualified mentally and intellectually, I'll give him an important social position. Yes, all you Muslims who stay in Medina, you have to pray behind him. So we see in this beautiful manner, the Prophet ﷺ gave respect to people with disabilities. The second example is verse 61 of Surah An-Nur. This verse states, لَيْسَ عَلَى الْأَعْمَى حَرَجٌ وَلَا عَلَى الْأَعْرَجِ حَرَجٌ وَلَا عَلَى الْمَرِيضِ حَرَجٌ Basically this beautiful verse is speaking about getting together for meals. Who do you break bread with? Who do you have dinner with? Before the religion of Islam, during the Jahiliyyah, the disabled people like the blind, the lame, people who had disabilities, they were not allowed to eat with people who were healthy. They were not allowed. You have to go and sit on your own. You're not allowed to join us. They would kick them out. And this really hurt them. So when Islam came and changed that, the opposite now happened. What happened? Because the Muslims wanted to show care for the disabled, they would make a special meal for them. They would say to the blind person, here, you can sit on this meal. We've specially prepared it for you. That way you won't have any trouble eating and no one will make fun of you. You can be comfortable in eating. Now the intention was good after Islam, but the consequence was the same. They still had to sit together alone and not eat with everyone else. So this verse came to change this culture. In this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding the believers, O oh you Muslims, O oh you believers, it's okay 
if the blind people, the disabled people eat with you. If you're going to your relatives' homes and you're going to have dinner over there, take them with you. I know you have good intentions and you've made a special meal for them, a special table for them. No, I want you to take them with you. Let them feel they're included. Because they'll be upset. They'll be saddened if they just eat by themselves. So this was a beautiful Quranic command for all Muslims to be inclusive with people with disabilities. Eat with them, take them with you, let them feel like they are part of society. So this is the amazing respect that Islam brought to people with disabilities. Now let's answer the tough question. How is this compatible with the justice and rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow for disabilities? Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows for disabilities, allows for people to experience blindness. Some people are handicapped. They have different types of disabilities in order to try their families and those around them. It's a trial. Are you going to take care of them or no? There are some people who bully disabled people. There are some families, they're not compassionate with people who have disabilities. Allah's trying you. Are you going to take care of them or no? Let me see your human compassion. Let me see your humanity. You end up with a disabled child, brother, sister, cousin. Let me see how you treat them. Believe me, my dear brothers and sisters, there's so much abuse out there towards people with disabilities. Sometimes their own siblings abuse them and bully them. Once a young man came to my office. He was severely depressed. He told me, Sayyid, a few years ago, I developed a disability. My own family started bullying me and mocking me. My own family, my own siblings. He had become suicidal. He wanted to commit suicide because of his severe depression. He came asking for help. Sometimes I look at that. I'm really shocked. This is your brother. This is your sister, your cousin. You should be helping them. You should be there for them. You should be comforting them, giving them strength. You're mocking them and bullying them? Now one story I shared with him that really comforted him. I told him, I want you to be inspired by Prophet Yusuf He had 11 brothers. And he thought that they would take care of him, right? Your brothers would take care of you, your older brothers. His own brothers who were the sons of prophets, right? The sons of prophets, the sons of Yaqub, the grandchildren of Ibrahim and Khalil. They ganged up on him, they tried to kill him, then they threw him in the well, and then they sold him as a slave. I told him, see, Prophet Yusuf was bullied by his own family. But Allah raised him and elevated him. And thousands of years we come and we hear about his legacy. Be with Allah, Allah will take care of you. That really relieved this young man. But it's a trial. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see if you take care of them. Show them concern, show them love, show them compassion. In one very beautiful hadith, Al-Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq states, Isma'ul asammi min ghayri tawajjurin sadaqatun hani'a. The asam is the deaf person. People who are deaf, they have difficulty understanding what you're saying. You have to speak slow, they have to see, you know, your, the, the movements of your lip in order to understand what you're saying. Or sometimes you have to use sign language with them. 
because they can't hear. They're deaf. So it requires patience to speak to them. Some people get frustrated. Not everyone has the patience. And Imam al-Sadiq states, being patient with someone with a disability is a beautiful act of sadaqah. Sadaqatun hani'a. Allah appreciates that from you. So take care of them. That's one reason why there are people with disabilities. Allah is trying you and me. Before He's trying the disabled person, He's trying us. He's trying the community. You as a community, what are you doing for dis people with disabilities? Are you taking care of them? Are you giving them good services? Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib made it a policy in his government to take care of the disabled. In one letter that he writes to Malik al-Ashtar, when the Imam had appointed him to go to Egypt to be his governor, the Imam told him, I want you to put these categories of people on the monthly payroll. I want you to give them monthly salaries from the public treasury, from Bayt Mal al-Muslimin, the Muslim treasury. One of them is people with disabilities. This is Amir al-Mu'mineen 14 centuries ago. He brought this beautiful welfare system for people with disabilities. Give them money. Don't let these people be humiliated and to be in need to other people. Give them money, let them take care of themselves financially. So Islam wants us as a collective to society to take care of those who are disabled. And when we do so, my dear brothers and sisters, believe me, you will see what true love means. One father, one father once came to me and he told me, Sayyid, my son has a severe disability. He said, my son is 16 years old, but he is the size of an infant. He can't grow. He's 16, but he's small. Severe dis disabilities. He told me in the beginning, I was devastated. Me and my wife, we were devastated to have a child like that. And he said this now while the tears were coming down his face. But he told me, Sayyid, now every day I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because my disabled son showed me what love means. I never knew what love meant. Never in my life did I really know what love means. My disabled child taught me what love means because for 16 years I am caring for a being which I know cannot pay me back. So my love is pure and true. And this is the best lesson that Allah has taught me. He said it with tears. He says, I'm thankful to Allah. Without this, I would have never known what love is. So it's an opportunity for us, my dear brothers and sisters, to truly care for other people who have any type of disability. And when you do so, you learn what altruism is. You can rise above selfishness. So it's a lesson for us. Are we going to take care of them? That's the first reason. The second reason, for you not to take your health for granted. When you see a disabled person, that is a message from Allah to you. Hey, listen. Of course, that hey is from me, not from Allah. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you, listen, look at this person. You could have been like this person. I gave you health. Are you using it wisely? Are you? Are you using your health in my obedience? Are you using your health to better humanity? Or you're committing sins and acts of evil? It's a reminder for us. Don't take your health for granted. Allah can take it away from you. Are you using it properly or no? That's the second reason. The third reason 
And now we transition into speaking about the people with disabilities themselves. What's the goodness in them experiencing a disability? What's the goodness, my dear brothers and sisters? One reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows some people to have disabilities, either they're born with it or they develop it later, or an accident happens to them and makes them disabled, is to protect them from something worse. What can be worse? Any ideas? What can be worse than a physical disability? When your soul becomes disabled. When your akhlaq become disabled, that's far worse than having a physical disability. Some people Allah knows through His knowledge. If this person had health, his environment would have corrupted him and he would have done so much bad. Because when you're disabled, you have less opportunity to sin, right? You have less opportunities to hurt other people, to wrong other people, to violate their rights. Believe me, sometimes that's a gift from Allah. When you're free and you can do whatever you want, sometimes that's a tragedy for you and your family. You see cases every day in society of people who are in perfect health, but they cause mass destruction. They ruin their lives, they ruin their society, they ruin their families. Sometimes it's a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Believe me, some of these disabled people on the day of judgment, when they look at their brother, how he failed his test, and his cousin, how he failed his test, and his uncle, how he turned out to be so miserable, he would say, Ya Allah, thank you. Thank you for creating me disabled. I didn't have the opportunities to commit all those sins, all that evil. Alhamdulillah, thank you, Ya Allah. The disability of the soul is far worse than the disability of the body. The body, you have to leave it one day. Even if you have the healthiest, nicest body. And you know, these days people, mashallah, they're obsessed with their bodies. Just go to social media and see the obsession. People spend endless hours with selfies, different types of selfies, different types of side profiles. There's something new that's called your side profile, right? When I was growing up, we didn't even know what that was. Now people, they go on TikTok and Instagram. No, no, no. The way you look from the side, that's really important. I need to show the world how I look from the side, right? We're obsessed with our looks. We're obsessed with our bodies, but this body you're going to leave one day. You're going to leave for the earth to decompose it and for the worms to eat it. That's the reality. That's the reality. The disability of the body is not the worst disability. Because you have to leave this body anyway. It's the disability of the soul. When your soul becomes dysfunctional, when your intellect becomes dysfunctional, when your akhlaq and moral character becomes dysfunctional, then you failed your test. So sometimes out of his rahmah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects these people from greater danger. And that's why he allows them to experience a disability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is arham al-rahimin. Once I was on a plane when an atheist, I was having a conversation with me. And this atheist said, the reason why I stopped believing in God is because of kids who are born with deformities. I can't accept that. Why would God allow something so evil like that to happen? So I shared this example with this atheist. I've shared it with you before. I said to this person, so this is why you stop believing in God. Because there's evil, right? The atheist said yes. I said to the atheist, okay. The atheist was very educated, had a PhD. I told this person, 
have you ever taken a multiple choice test? The person said yes. I said to this person, how does it work? How does, it work? How does a multiple choice exam work? The person said, okay, you know, there's a question and then four or five answers to choose from. A, B, C, D, choose the right answer. I asked this person, how many right answers are there in a multiple choice test? In each question. The person said, of course. The atheist said, well, just one answer is the correct answer. Why? The atheist found my question silly to begin with. Then I asked this atheist, what about the other wrong answers? Who put them in the test? The atheist said, well, obviously the professor, the teacher. I did a little bit of acting here. I said to the atheist, shame on the professor. Shame on the professor. Shouldn't professors teach us facts and correct answers? Why is a professor putting wrong answers in a test? Why? Now the atheist was smart. The atheist saw where I was going with this. The atheist blanked and said, I've never thought about it this way. This is the first time I see it that way. I said to the atheist, is it really justified and fair for you to say there is no God because there is evil? You just reject the existence of God. God has a system. Just like a professor puts wrong answers and you call that evil, God allows for evil to happen to try us to give us an opportunity to choose right from wrong. We're not robots. God wants us to choose good. He doesn't want to force us to choose good. Allah has respect for us. He wants us to use our intellect and to choose good. That's one reason why He's allowed for evil to happen. Many times Allah stops evil, but sometimes He doesn't in order to try us. So this is another reason why some people have disabilities, my dear brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying them. Allah is protecting them from all these dangers. Another reason why there are disabilities is because Allah wants us to use our intellect and to find cures. If Allah did not create any problems here on earth, we would not work hard. It's the tragedies and the calamities that actually inspire us to go and pursue knowledge and science, right? Some people say, why are there natural disasters? One reason why there are natural disasters like earthquakes and storms is you for the human being to use your brain and to develop systems to protect yourself. Allah is the protector, but He has means. Go and use your brain to advance in science. It's recommended. So one reason why there are diseases and disabilities is so the human being goes and finds the cure. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to work hard wants us to use the gift of the intellect. Go and figure out what the treatment is, what the cure is. And the hadith from the Prophet ﷺ states, there is a cure for every illness. There's nothing incurable. We just have to figure out what it is. We have to figure out the treatment. So that's another reason why there are disabilities. It's to motivate us to pursue science and medicine and treatments. It's noble in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we pursue these types of knowledge. Of course, the most important knowledge is the religious sciences. But the natural sciences are also very important. Look at the Imams of Ahlul Bayt. They taught so many of their students natural sciences. And Imam al-Sadiq would teach biology. He would teach chemistry. He would teach physics. His student Jabir ibn Hayyan has more than 500 chapters 
in chemistry that he learned from Imam al-Sadiq The Imams of Ahlul Bayt, they would encourage their community to pursue these natural sciences, to offer solutions to the problems that we have. So that's another reason why there are disabilities. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will compensate them. Allah is the generous. Allah is the merciful. If they truly accept that disability, they will be amongst the highest ranking believers on the Day of Judgment. One day Prophet Isa السلام, was passing by and he saw a man with types of disabilities. He was paralyzed, he had leprosy, he was blind. I mean any disability you can think of, this poor man had it. Prophet Isa walked up to him, he saw him saying something. He wanted to hear what he was saying. It looked like he was speaking to God. He wanted to hear him. Is he complaining to God? Is he attacking God like many of us do when we have a problem? So Prophet Isa passed by this man. He heard his prayer and he said, Oh Allah, I thank you for protecting me from things that many people have not been protected with. Ilahi ashkuruka annaka afaytani mimma abtalayta bihi ghayri. Oh Allah, I thank you for giving me afiyah, for giving me goodness that you've not given to other people. This caught the attention of Prophet Isa He came to him, he told him, man, what are you talking about? What goodness are you talking about? You have all these disabilities. What goodness has Allah given you? He was trying to test his, you know, uh, religious IQ, so to speak. He wanted to see his response. The man looked at Prophet Isa السلام, He told him, Ya Isa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me his ma'rifah. I have the love of Allah in my heart. I submit to Allah. I'm okay with whatever he does. He's my owner and I'm the slave. Whatever he does, I'm happy with. And I'm thanking him for giving me this ma'rifah because many people don't have this ma'rifah. Prophet Isa السلام, was amazed at the iman of this man. He was truly amazed. He told him here, give me your hand. Because the Quran states that he would cure those with leprosy and those with disabilities. He put his hand on his hand and he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure him. And he instantaneously cured him with the permission of Allah. He told him, come, you're one of my disciples. I've been looking for a student like you. Come. And he joined Prophet Isa السلام, and he became one of his good students and one of his good disciples. See, that's what prophets are looking for. People like that. And that's what the imam of your time is looking for. He's not looking for people who are big shots in society, people who are necessarily powerful and wealthy. No, the imam is looking for people who are humble in their heart. If you're humble in your heart, you have this level of iman, the imam is searching for you. The Imam is coming for you. You don't need to go for the Imam. He will come for you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open our hearts for this level of Iman insha'Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us our sins. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cure all those who are sick, who are ill, to give them a speedy recovery. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi tayyibin al-tahirin.